Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Joining me today, he's the CEO, founder, and host of Gen Z Hoops, newly named assistant varsity basketball coach and intern at Madison Square Garden. It's John Hart- Hartofolis. How are you doing today? Doing great, Alex. Really appreciate you having me on the show. I'm so happy we can do this. And I, I, we, we were talking so much before this, you know, obviously bringing the energy, really looking forward to a great show. And I really want to thank you for, for what you do, because what your show and what you're doing is awesome. I'm happy to be on here. Well, we appreciate it so much. We're so excited to have you on the show to talk about your rise to the challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about a little bit where you're from and what were you involved in growing up? Oh, awesome. So growing up, honestly, I was a pretty shy kid. And believe it or not, I wasn't into basketball until way later. So when I was like five, six, seven, eight years old, I was into Power Rangers. I was into like, you know, like, <laughs> like, like I was into Star Wars. I was into stuff like that. I was like, I was into video games. I was like really kept to myself, wasn't really too social, which people like don't believe now because like all I do is talk. And like, it's funny. My first few coaches in basketball would always like try to get me to talk. They'd like, you know, try to get me to break out of my shell. And then like my last few coaches, like when I was in high school, put a word count on me when we get on the bus. Like if John says more than 10 words, we're all running. We get off the bus. Like that's, that's what it came to because of how much I would like talk and how excited I would get. Uh, Cause I just like, it really, a lot of big changes happened in high school in terms of, you know, maybe love, falling in love with basketball it not really loving me back. Uh, not making the team until my senior year. And then when I made it, you know, huge surge of confidence that, you know, still to this day still drives me. Uh, that's why I have the jerseys on the back of my wall, because not so much that I scored a thousand points. I only scored five, but those five meant a lot to me. Uh, because of what it took to do that. And now obviously being um, getting asked to coach after I graduated was huge at 18. Now at 21, being an assistant varsity coach as of two days, I'm sorry, yesterday, actually, it's been, it's been like what, 27 hours since I got the news. So that was awesome. Um, and, and the whole story has been incredible and, and, and really got me to that. That was kind of my rise to the challenge. I love the name of your show and how you, and how you have that theme to it. Uh, but that's really, that's kind of my story. That's my start. And a lot of in the changes that got to that were, to me, really impactful. It's not so much where I, where I went, it's kind of how far I came in that whole, in that whole journey. So definitely if people were listening to us talk before, they would never have thought you were shy. Why do you feel that you had that characteristic about you at a young age? Honestly, I would say it's a lot. It's just about, hmm, that's a great question. I would say when I was younger, I just didn't have enough reps at doing what I liked or, or be or like, or having the confidence of what I was good at. Like, I didn't know what I, I didn't have a lot that I was good at. What I was good at wasn't cool. That's actually probably the best way to say it. What I was good at in terms of like, you know, having passions for Star Wars or having passion for video games, which I've never, I've never spoken about Star Wars on a, on a podcast before. <laughs> like, stuff like that. I mean, yeah, Power Rangers, that was a, that's a throwback, man. That was like when I was like five, six years old, I was into Power Rangers. Uh, but you just got me thinking about like when I was really a kid and what I really liked. Um, it's like stuff like that, like, you know, like video games, like, you know, I, I love my like, DS. If anyone remembers like the, like the Nintendo yep. DS and stuff, the Wii, that was, it's funny. I had a Wii when like all my friends said, cause like, I wasn't, I wasn't cool like that. Like, I wasn't, I, I didn't understand that stuff. I wasn't like, in, into pop culture, into what everyone else liked. Um, so I was kind of, you know, more to myself and it was mostly because what I was good at or what I really liked didn't align with what everyone else liked, which for a kid can be tough. Uh, once it's funny, the reason I got into basketball, I don't really talk about this often was, and okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get, make this story quick, but it's kind of for a girl. Cause it kind of like, I wanted to be like Troy Bolton. I wanted to be like that. <laughs> I, I want to be that superstar. A lot of people can probably relate to that. They want to be the, the cool guy plays basketball, the cool guys, you know, really good at sports. And at like 10, 11, I really liked that. And you know, a lot, I was, I was always taller. I was always taller, but really skinny. So coaches would be like, oh, you should play basketball. I'm like, you know what? Let me give this thing a try. Let me try to be that guy. Let me try to be Troy Bolton. It's, I, it's funny. Like that, that was like, kind of like my goal was to like be, you know, like what, do that. Um, but 
that's kind of what broke me out. It took that to get me out of my shell. That's kind of why I was a quiet kid. And what broke me out of my shell was like that desire to like, to like have, to, to have that, that I really liked. And honestly, obviously maybe the reason I started playing basketball wasn't like, you know, the reason I, I love it now, obviously, obviously it's not what I do it for now. I do it because I love the game and that love for the game came through, honestly, thinking I was good when I first started <laughs> quickly finding out I wasn't, but still thinking I'm still good. And then say, okay, you know what? Like I like, it's, it's a tough thing to like have something you love and not be able to do it because you're not good at it. Like, that's a tough thing to, to wrap your mind around, especially as a kid to be like, you know what? I really want to do this. I really, I love, I'm passionate about this, but you know, I can't make the team because I'm not good at it. Like, it's not like I can't, you know, it's because I haven't done it enough. I haven't like, you know, put my all into it. That's a tough thing for kids. To, you know, some kids quit when that happens. And, and I honestly really, really wanted it more than anything. And that's why I kept like most kids. It's funny. Like we talk about this a lot in terms of the numbers, we have a hundred kids shot for the freshman team every year at Xavier. Like I, I've had to cut 85 to 90 kids every single year. It's, it's, it's tough. Right. But the second year in JV, there's only 40 kids that show up because 60 of those kids either give up or find something else or, you know, don't want to try basketball anymore. By varsity, there's like 20 kids left. It's the 12 kids that are going to make it four guys that have played before, but you know, they play JV might get cut. And then like two guys that, you know, we have six, six guys that play JV. And then there's me. There's, I, mean, I was like the one guy that had never made it before. I was still even thinking about trying out. Everyone's like, why are you trying out? Like you have no chance of making it. Um, so that was always like the drive for me was to always like be, di- like, I would say being different was a big part of it. I was always different when I was younger. Like I, I was always a guy that would make basketball mix tapes. That was my big thing when I was 13, 14, I, I couldn't make the team. So I would always make, if I was on a team, I'd make the mixtape for the team. Cause I wasn't playing. So I'd make the team mixtape. And if I, you know, if it was something else, I'd like make a mixtape for James Harden, my favorite players. And that was how I got my passion out. Uh, was, was that, that was my silent passion was really, enjoy, was making videos, which is obviously what I'm doing now with, MB, with MSG, with production. Um, but that's kind of it, man. It's like that. I, I just had this longing for it to, to feel, probably to feel accepted. That's probably a big part of it too. Like, I'm, I'm kind of like finding the answer myself as I'm saying this, because that's kind of what it all came down to was, really having this passion for something and, and finding a way to get it done. And eventually that, and eventually that happened, but to start, yeah, it wasn't always, it wasn't always too easy. You kind of were a different version of Troy and You didn't go the musical route. You went through music in a different way, making those mixtapes. I love making it, dude. I, and the funny thing, I tell, I talk about that all the time. That's actually something I do talk about a lot. Power Rangers, I don't talk about a lot, but the, the there's nothing wrong with the Power Rangers. I love it. Dino Thunder was my favorite. Dino Thunder was my favorite. I have the figurines and everything. Dude, I have, I have not thought about Power Rangers in forever. You brought that. You brought all those memories <laughs> back. But when you, when you mentioned how, like, you know, getting into those mixtapes and stuff, that wasn't cool back then. And as a kid, it's tough to, to you want to do what's cool. So it's funny because I could have actually, like, what I'm doing now with this show and the, and the audience that I've built, and, you know, it's, it's crazy like, to think of having an audience is, like, insane. But or people who want to listen to me talk is, like, wild. Uh, it's not that many people. It's mostly the guests. <laughs> it's the guests that are, that are the draw, not, not so much me. But to think that, like at the time, I was getting, I got 40,000 views on my, on my second ever video. I did a Blake Griffin mixtape. I got 40,000 views back in 2014. I was a freshman in high school. I got 40,000 views. And I gave up shortly thereafter because, not because of the view, like I didn't care about that stuff. And obviously that, that's, that's more views than I've gotten on my whole channel to this day, probably. Like that, the Blake Griffin, because somehow the algorithm liked it blew up. And I actually made a, a better Blake Griffin video like a month after, because I'm like, wow, this one did really want to do another Blake Griffin video. And that one got like 500 views, like whatever. It did, didn't do well at all. I made a thousand views. So it's crazy. Like that, that one struck gold and I didn't stick with it because, you know, you, you tell your friends or you tell someone or you tell, oh, I'm doing this. I make basketball videos. Like, oh, like, that's cool. Like, they didn't really care. It didn't, it didn't excite them because it wasn't cool at the time. And at 14, that bothered me. 
at 20, when I started uh, Big Fellas Basketball at the time, my first podcast, same reaction. I host a basketball podcast. Oh, cool, man. Nice. Like no one really cared. And it still bothered me at that time, but I stuck. Obviously, I was more mature. I stuck through it. Um, then all of a sudden you get, I, I ended up getting Howard Beck, uh, one of the probably the most well-known reporter in, in basketball, uh, George Maris on the toss plane NBA history and Tommy Shepard, the general manager of the Washington Wizards all in the same week. And then everyone's like, Oh, this is actually pretty cool. The podcast you're doing. So now it's like the first thing, like everyone knows me for it. And people like, you know, people know me from it or like talk to me about it as if it's cool. It wasn't always, I like to remind people, it wasn't always cool. Like, I appreciate you guys saying this now, but like, like let's support guys that have just started. Like that's what I love the most. Like is supporting people that have just really started because honestly, like, it's easy to like what I'm doing because I've done it and I have the reps and I have the content out there and you can see it. And, Oh, you had this guest on since then. Oh, it's so cool. I like to support the guys that are like, and I love the stories of people that are just starting, but that's kind of gets me excited as people that are really just starting because I gave up just starting seven years ago when I was 14. Um, I don't want anyone to feel that way. Cause like there's no regret, but I know that like I could have done something big with that. Like I could have kept that channel going. If I'd kept that going for a year, I'd had 40,000 views in the first like two weeks. If I kept that thing going, it would have blown up. I, I just know it because that's just how it works. If you're, like the same way this Gen Z is going well, if I put that work into that for three, four, five years, who knows what would have happened, but absolutely no regrets because that's just, that's just life is like, you're going to have those obstacles and it's all about how you react. And seven years ago, I didn't react properly. Now I'm reacting, I, I would, I would hope to think uh, pretty well. So that's, that's all, what it's all about is like how you react to things is the reaction is more important than what, it's, what the actual event and just hoping that uh, I'm making the right decisions now and, and making up for some lost time. Did you watch basketball before you played basketball? Nope. So this so, was a brand new thing that you were getting into. And then as over time, you kind of started getting into it a little bit more. Yeah. So funny story. There was one instance in, in history where my, where my mom knew more about basketball than me. I was 13 <laughs> years old. I was, I just like, I mean, you know, I'm going to play basketball. I'm going to do this. Like coach told me, they told me I was tall. They told me I'd make a good basketball player. Let me, let me do it. So like before I even like ever played a basketball, well, I probably played like once or twice before that, but before I ever like actually decided to play, I watched a game between the Chicago Bulls and the Brooklyn Nets. I want to find, I should know the exact date of the game. I, I, I can easily look it up because it was Nate Robinson against, uh, that was his Bulls team. Like Derek Rose had just gotten hurt. Um, and then that's to like Darren Williams, all those years before they got Kevin Garnett and stuff. I was 2012. Uh, I was my seventh. It was, I was in the seventh grade and my mom comes into the room and she goes, Oh, Chicago bulls, like Michael Jordan. And I was like, yeah, mom. And in my head, I'm like, what? Michael Jordan played on the book. I, I just didn't know. Like, everyone knows. Dude, like, that's how, that's how little I knew about the game. So like, I never watched before that. And it took like a year or two of like, okay, now once I love the game, I was on look at, I, literally this is what I did. Like, and that's why I, I love like basketball trivia because like whenever people do that, I always get it right because I, when I was like eighth, ninth, 10th grade, I'd like go on. With, I, I want to know like who won the championship every year. I want to know like everything. Like, and like, it's funny. People are like, who cares about the championships in the seventies or like, who cares? Like who won MVP? And it's not about like knowing it like trivia. It's just about like connecting the dots. Like it's, it's just in terms of appreciating the game and loving it. Like I know where things go and like, I can make, oh, that, okay, that's how I played with this guy. And same thing with my guests. It's like, oh, well, if you were on this team in 2004, you must know this guy because you guys lost them in the center. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that that's like super trivial you need Google for. I just kind of know from really loving it when I was in you know, 9th, 10th, 11th grade. And it's, it's funny you ask that because I never watched basketball before that. I actually didn't really know the rules at all. Like I went through basketball, kind of just picking it up as I went along. I was always really into like player development and like getting better just for myself. So I was always watching videos to how to get better, right? Um, I never really watched like the coaching stuff. And after I became a coach when I was 18, 
all I do is watch X's no stuff. Cause that's all I want. You know, I want to know that. I want to know like all the, how to give a post game speech. Like, that's one thing I'm big on. Obviously talking is a big thing for me, but like actually saying the right things, like, have, you know, ha- having good speeches, like pre- portraying a good idea, like having good lessons, having, you know, being prepared, having a practice plan. But when I was a senior in high school, I just made the varsity basketball team. I didn't know, and for your basketball listeners might only understand this, but I didn't know how the bonus works. So basically how the bonus works is when a team reaches seven fouls, um, the opposing team gets free throws no matter what kind of foul it is when they get fouled, right? I didn't know that. When I would get fouled and we were in the bonus like, or in any situation, I would do what the ref, if the ref said free throws, I'm shooting free throws. If he said out of bounds, I'd go out of bounds. I had no idea how the bonus was. That is like the most, like there are six-year-olds that understand the bonus. I didn't understand the bonus. Now I can promise you, I, I mean, I have my referee certification. I just got it a few months ago. Um, I know the rules now. I can promise you that. But it's funny how like, I, I, that's where I love talking about where I came from because and I, that's why I appreciate you asking me about that because that's what makes where I'm at now special to me. It might not be special to other people, but to me, it means a lot because I know the journey, not so much the destination because where I'm at now is nothing special. There's a lot of people that have a lot of episodes of their podcast that I've spoken to people I've spoken to. Now, do I think that it's cool that I've spoken to this combination or that I have relationships with these people because obviously some of them are really good friends of mine now? Like that's, yeah, sure. I think, I think that's cool. But I can't expect you or anyone else to think that's cool. Thankfully, a good amount of people do. And that's, you know, it's heartwarming to know that people support my show. But it's all, I mean, I can only look at it from my perspective. And my perspective is, wow, you know, like I came a long way. And that, that to me is a positive looking feeling that can make me, and that's why I'm positive just in general. Like this isn't a, like my energy to you right now is not, a, is not fake. Like when I leave this interview right now, I'm going to go downstairs and my mom's making dinner downstairs and I'm going to be like the same upbeat. It's kind of psycho. It's kind of psychotic. Like, I mean, people might be a little scared, but like that's, I'm, on a hundred percent like energy all the time because i'm just happy to be alive man like i, I wake up every morning i see these jerseys i say you know i think about the, the blessed life i get to live a, a great family um all these amazing opportunities in, in basketball and in doing what i love and with people i really care about and like um you know i like like it's it, my situation's incredible and obviously like not everyone's is for them but you can make it that with the right attitude because my situation wouldn't be perfect for somebody else but I look at mine as it being perfect because I because that's what my situation is. So I'm able to look at it with a smile on my face. Well, some, if someone else had my life, they'd be like, oh, like, I don't like basketball. It's kind of, you know, that's kind of John lives a crappy life. But to me, it's like, dude, like, this is great. Like, I get to go to MSG in the morning, the, you know, like, you know, the place I grew up wanting to work in. I get to go from there to Xavier, the place I, you know, was like dying for years to make the team. And now I get to coach there. And I get to come back and get on podcasts with people like you that are awesome and get to share my story, but also like hear other people's stories. Like that's what gets me going. Might not get somebody else going, but that's what perspective is so important. And that's, I I answer like 15 questions in one. Um, But that's, that's just how, that's how I feel, man. That's how I feel. You brought up a great point about like, as someone's listening to this interview, they can see the passion you have for basketball and something, I mean, I learned what the bonus is and I bear, I sometimes watch basketball and I still didn't know what it is, but you talked about how someone made me not understand your passion for it. Like for me, when I'm watching it, I only watch when it's March Madness, it's in the Olympics, yep. or it's the finals. The only three, or NBA finals. That's the only time I watch. Because to me, I'm a sports guy, but I just like to see good games. And usually college basketball, it matters when it gets to March Madness. Now for me, never playing basketball, it's probably completely different to someone who did play. They're like, oh, getting to that SEC championships important, things like that. But to me, it's, it's talent and athletic skills that these people are doing every single day on the court. When you were playing basketball, was there something that you found about yourself that you didn't know you had it in you? 
This, wow, that is an incredible question. I love that. I would have to say, I had no idea, like my, my whole thing, I, I hung my hat on hustle, which if you remember what I said about me being like a quiet, shy kid, quiet, shy kids don't normally exhibit hustle. It's normally the frame. Like it's normally me now. You're like, yeah, of course, John dives after loose balls. Like John, 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 John does that. But when I was younger, I never had that. But basketball always brought that out of me. Like, because I wanted it so bad, even though I was always quiet and shy when I got out there, it was a whole different thing. Now, was I the most physical guy? No, I wasn't like, you know, I never really got physical. Um, I've never been in a fight in my life. I've never like, you know, really, like, I've never bumped. You know, I, 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 that's not my style. But when it came to like trying my hardest, basketball brought that out of me in ways that like, that's why, and that's one thing I'm, I'm struggling with now as a coach to like get, do with play, to like kind of get past with players. The best advice I ever got on my show was from um, one of my first guests, uh, Brandon Steiner. He actually is responsible for one of the jerseys behind me um, when he gave, he gave me a, a jersey, a great dude. But he, he's the owner, he's the uh, founder of Steiner Sports, the biggest memorabilia company. And he was episode number five for me. He, you know, he was awesome that he came on. But when he came on my show, he said, John, you got to realize not everyone's Kobe, right? Like everyone, everyone like, and that's, and I was like, damn, like, I, I always think everyone's Kobe and not everyone's Kobe. And you can always change it to like, not everyone's you, you know, not everyone's John, like not everyone has the mindset you have, and it can be applicable to anybody. Like, for example, it can be said to a CEO, like CEOs can't expect their employees to work as hard, hard as they do because- the vision's their vision, not, you know what I mean? The same thing. Yep. Like I can't expect these players to work as hard as Kobe or as hard as I think, you know, as hard, I know I worked hard. I can expect them to do that same thing because that might not be them. They might not like basketball as much. They might only do it, you know, as a side thing. Now, is it something I like to change? Yeah, it's like to change. I'd like to make them like the game more and make them try harder. Like that's, that's, I'm, still, I'm not going to give up on making them try hard because, oh, they're, they're just not that into it. Like, no, I'm going to try hard, but I can't like care more than they do. I can't make them love the game. I can try. I can't make them. And I used to always make them love the game. I used to always try to make them love the game. I would like force feed basketball down. I'd be like, no, like, you, you love this. You're going to touch every line. You're going to try really hard. You're going to have to lose balls. Some guys, some kids, some people aren't built for that. Some people don't like that. And it's all about understanding. Like, that's a huge part of it is like knowing people and reading people. But me, man, like, you would think it wasn't me, but that was actually me. I mean, one of the pictures, I have it up on the wall next to me. Um, it's actually really blurry. It's on my Instagram. I don't post a lot on my Instagram, but that's one of the pictures I posted. It's a really blurry picture of me diving for a loose ball in my last. So I, I didn't play very much my senior year. Um, I got put in, the, in our playoff game. We were down by 30. Um, I, I always say this, my plus minus was a lot. We ended up only losing by, by 20 points. Um, so I, I brought in the last two minutes, I brought us back. We had a lot of, we had a lot of steals. I was very frenetic. I made, uh, I scored the last two points of our season off a missed rebound, uh, off a missed free throw. I, I caught and left block, put it back in. But before the play that means the most isn't the scoring points or anything like that, or, or the fact that we cut the lead down. It's that when we were, the moment I went into the game, we're down by 10, we're down by 30. Like everyone's given up. Like the game's over. Like all the scrubs are in me. You know, I'm one of the scrubs. We're all in the game. Like everyone's packing up. Like the refs are just trying to go home. The announcers, like they say my name, but they're really like, yeah, John Hunter Phillips subbing in, whatever. It's like that happens. And the first play, the ball's going to have court. It gets deflected. It's on the floor. There's three guys in the opposing team around the ball. And I come out, my arms fully outstretched. I grab it. I bring it in. And like they tie me up. It's jump ball. We get the ball. The crowd went crazy just because like the game was dead because we're down, you know, think about it. We went to 10 to 15 to 20. Now we're down by 30. We're down by 30 for a while. Kind of, you know, really sloppy game. All, this, all, the, all the bad, all the guys. And I was the last guy to go in. I'm a senior. I'm the last guy to go in. But I don't care. Like that, that's, just what, that's just what I was about. But I jumped on that loose ball and like no one else was getting that ball but me. And the picture my sister has, she wasn't like, okay, I make fun of her. She wasn't the best photographer. Like she, you know, she, <laughs> she tried, but it's super blurry. Like literally, like you only know, you can't tell it to me. I'm looking at it right now. 
like it's like my face is like a little dot like you like and like it's a it's blown up but it's like so blurry like there's just so many lines and stuff to me that's poetic because it shows like that's like i think it's basketball art to me because that's like the frenetic number one the pace i played at like that's kind of you know i was always i was always everywhere uh, but also, I'm, yeah, I'm just keep on looking at it. It's like you see like this blur, and you see all like, the three guys above me that are going for it, but like they're on their two feet. I'm like on all fours because I'm crawling for it. Like that's that to me is very poetic. And when you're saying like, what did it bring out of you? It brought that out of me because that's something. And I, I know this. I'm talking about basketball a lot, but I mean, for your listeners that don't like basketball, I don't care. Like I hope they didn't click off because not not, not just because I want you to get you know views and stuff. And obviously, I don't want to be. Like, I want to make sure I'm, 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 uh, my, my, my message is for everyone, not just for basketball people, but that's what it is. Is like, it's not just a basketball thing because that's something I apply to life. Sure. I work in basketball and basketball is a big part of my life, but that whole energy and that whole hustle and desire to win that goes towards business that goes towards school that goes towards everything. Like sure. There's priorities and you know, mine might be basketball, but like that basketball brought that out of me. And I, I would say you slash like, you know, your audience, like people need to find what that is for themselves. What makes you, what, what gets you going like that? And for me, it was basketball because I always wanted it and I could never have it. Um, now I have it. And I still keep that same. Like my whole thing is like, I have to keep just cause I, just cause I made it or just cause I have a nice job in, in sports or because of what I, like whatever the reason is, I can't just be like, oh, satisfied with, okay, I, I'm doing that. Let me just chill now. Like now is not the time I chill. Now's the time I go 110. Like, I go even harder. Um, so that's my biggest thing is like not being satisfied with it and going even harder because I know it's like not to have anything and to, you know, really try now that I have it, I'm holding on to it for dear life and, and, and enjoying every minute of the journey. I think a lot of my guests, each of them will say something that pertains to what they do. And then I give them an idea of how it works with other industries, other areas. And I think that's so important because the things that you've been taught in basketball, you can apply all those techniques into other areas in your life. And it still works the same way. Hustle mentality, how you interact with people on the team. How do you coach your players to make sure they're a positive mentality going into the game if you're down low or down by a lot of points? So I like how you mentioned that and how that you kind of were that inspiration in a way or that way to the game's not over. You play until that buzzer goes off. And when the game is done, then you learn from everything. Is there an accomplishment that you've had as a basketball player that still to your that today, it's always going to be remembered? Making the team. That, that's not just so, making the team. Yeah, yeah. So the list is actually right here behind me. Um, that meant so much to me. You can't even believe like and I, I go back to like, yeah, like not even, nothing comes close to making the team. Like nothing, nothing. Like this is the thing. And like, people might be like, oh, and I, I okay, I'm going to give some, these are some nuggets. These are some gems. These are my personal gems. Like, this is like my best advice that I, I, I save for like great moments like this. My sister would tell me that I peaked in high school, which I think is absolute blast because number one, for three years, I did not, I, I was, there was no such thing as a peak. I was like, not, I definitely not, like I, I had the worst freshman, year. one of the, you know, obviously people have bad situations, but I had a really bad freshman year. I'll just leave it at that. Um, Rocky sophomore and junior year, you know, junior year got a little better. I made, I was on the track team instead of basketball, you know, started, you know, feeling good about myself, whatever. Everyone deals with, you know, anxiety or, or depression or, you know, not feeling too good. But I, for me, it was pretty bad. I'll just leave it at that. I wasn't at my best place. Making the team my senior year, I'll put it this way. Like, I always think of it as like, I go to grad, like, I wanted it so badly. I'd go to graduation parties and people would be like, Oh, you play basketball. Cause everyone knew me as the guy that liked basketball. And my dad would always be like, Oh, my son likes the Knicks and he likes basketball and whatever. Oh, so you played Xavier, right? 
And it's like, no, I don't. They're like, oh, why? Did you get hurt? It's like, no, I got cut last year. It's like that, like that was always so draining. I would say that everywhere I went and like teachers, like, you know, I would always do my projects on that because this is what I loved, right? If they said, oh, do a project on something, I'd spin it to make it basketball related because that's what I love. Or they'd always hear me talking about it and they go, oh, John's on the team. And I'm like, no, nah, not really. Like everyone assumed it because of, they saw this, they saw the energy and the passion for it. But it, you know, wasn't really true. I, I was, you know, in the, I played in the Greek league and I went to Greece on a trip to play basketball my junior because I'd gotten a lot better at that point. But I'd gotten cut six months earlier. So I'm leaving school to go on a trip to play basketball and I'd gotten a lot better at the time. But I still wasn't on the team. Like I knew I knew I was I, I knew I'd gotten so much better. I knew I could make it to the next year. I knew I had a chance. But everyone still was like, you didn't make the team. Like what you're, you're going to Greece. Like it was weird. So I, I yeah, I mean, I just can't like, and talking about my sister saying I peaked in high school, my, my, my thing, my joke, or not my joke, my, my advice is that I've, I, ha- I didn't peak. I've stayed at my peak. It wasn't that that was like peak success. That was peak happiness to me. For example, if I were to become an NBA GM, which is not my goal, I have other, but that's like, I think it's the goal. Everyone has to, oh, I want to be a general manager. I don't like that saying because not that I wouldn't want to be a GM, but I think that that's like kind of immature to just say GM because it's the highest position. Like I, I kind of would rather be a director of basketball office, to be honest with you. Like that's kind of more my style. And still I haven't like, sure. Most people say that's talking to GMs. I've spoken to a few GMs through you know my show or through summer league. Still haven't spoken to, you know, I still don't know what a GM does. Like I don't, I haven't, I haven't lived that life yet. I've never been a GM. I've never been an assistant. I've never been an intern for a GM. Like no one that's, everyone that's, you know, I, 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 I laugh, laugh and like also try to help guys that are like my age or younger and they're just like, yeah, I want to be a GM. And it's like, you don't even know what that means. Not, 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 not that I know what that means, but like, we don't know what that means. Like, we don't know what that means because we haven't done it yet. Like, you know, live that life first and then let's make a decision. So whatever that, let's, I'm just saying GM because it's the pinnacle. Let's say I was the commissioner. Let's say I was Adam. So let's say I was the commissioner of the NBA, right? That's probably as high as you can go. I'm trying to think. Other than being basketball God, where that's the high as you can go. I would be as happy then as I am right now as a high school varsity coach because like it's, I'm, I'm staying at my peak. I'm at peak happiness 24 seven. I mean, people don't believe it. They're like, no, nah, man, you must get upset at some point. And yeah, sure. I get, I get, I get stuck in traffic. I'm pissed for like five minutes. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, like, I'm not going to sit here and lie, and lie and say that I'm literally got a smile on my face the entire day. Of course, things upset me, you know, whatever, like things happen, bad things happen, but I always bounce back. It's like, it's like, imagine like I lifeguarded for five years when I was like my main job for a long time um before like, like my summer job i always did that it's like being on a, like on a buoy like you know you sink a little bit you jump right back up like that's kind of how and that it's all about the response so i don't care about dropping that's fine it's if you bounce back up it doesn't matter that you drop no one cares you're, you're on the surface now you're on you're at that surface level so that's my best advice ever and that, like, that's the best advice i can ever offer is stay at your peak find peak happiness for yourself for me it was making the team and just stay there because what everyone, and for those that are watching on, on, on video, I know on all, people that are listening, you can't really see this. The, when people say you peaked in high school or whatever, the scary thing is, is the drop, right? It's, the, it's this, uh, it's my, my camera might be inverted. It's the drop. You know, one's, one, one arm's going up, the other arm's going down. It's the arm that's going down that everyone's afraid of. Oh man, you threw five touchdowns in the state championship game, but now you, you're, you're, uh, what, should, I, should I make fun of a job? Like people make fun of a used car salesman. I feel like that's like something people make fun of, whatever. Like now, now you're not doing too hot. It's like you were in high school because you were the man in high school. Now you're not like, it's not about being the man or anything like that. It's like, I was really happy. I'm still really happy. And I'm going to die really happy. I'm always going to be really happy because that's who I am, but also because I'm staying at that level of happiness I achieved. When I made the team, like I was on cloud, when I say cloud nine, like I was so happy. Since that moment, I've stayed there. Sure, have I dealt with disappointment? Yes. Sure, have I gotten denied from jobs? Of course. But I've been upset, you know, brush it off. Okay, next thing, you know, 
I'm happy again. So, you know, when you say what's the biggest achievement, that comes before any kind of championship ever won. That comes before any kind of, because it's the first. It was the first big win that led, like those big wins don't happen if I lose in that. Like if I give, I always think about this all the time. It's kind of crazy. If during that tryout, I gave up, not even during the tryout, like just in general, like during those four years, I got cut and I was like, you know what? Screw basketball, I'm done. And I, and I stopped playing basketball. Dude, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Alex. I don't know where my life goes because that was my passion. And if I didn't change, I mean, sure, I, I think I would have been okay. I would have found something else. I would have, I would have been okay. But I'm as happy as I am now. And I have this, ins- this, this mindset and this perspective on life because of sticking through it and that perseverance of going through it. So, I mean, I'm thankful that I never, that I never gave up. But I think to myself all the time, like, what happens if I give up? What happens? Like, I, 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 it's scary to think about what happens if a moment of weakness, I'm running sprints, I'm too, you know, and I'm, I stop. Or during that summer, I would wake up every morning at 5 a.m., 4.59. I, I copied Drew Hamlin. He always woke up at 4.59 to be a minute ahead of the guy waking up at 5. That was like his thing. So I woke up at 4.59 to get up. I'd you know, drink, stretch, go outside, sprint. I'd come back to my grandma. I, I, I stayed with my grandparents out. They had a, a place out on Long Island. They had a big, like, like a big area to run there. Like, I, have, I, like, I don't have a basket. My driveway in Queens, I live in, like, a, a connected house. It's like, I don't, I, don't, I don't have a big house. Like, there's apartment buildings and projects right next door to me. So I didn't have a basketball court or anything like that. So out there I did. So I'd always go out there, stay with my grandparents. I come back in, they make me food. Like I, I was, I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of had, the, I kind of got blessed with that. My grandparents had food ready for me. I'd go outside, play, come back and say, obviously I had to put in the work and go out. No, no one was doing those reps for me outside. No one was running those sprints for me, but I would do that, come inside, eat all for that ultimate goal of winning, of, 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 of making the team and getting that big win. But honestly, it was waking. It was the process of waking up every day that got me going because I would wake up every day I'd go on, well, obviously it was weekends mostly. I'd go on Snapchat and I would love to see the guys on the team that had made the team the year before that were going out. I, want, I wanted to see that. I wanted to, I, I loved seeing, I would see like, you know, it's 5 a.m. and it's a like Snapchat from three hours ago and it's them playing beer pong or it's them breaking tables or it's them at a beach at a bonfire with a cute girl. And I was like, you know what? Like I'm giving up that, which I probably wouldn't have done that anyway because I wasn't cool at the time. I wasn't like, you know, quote unquote cool in high school. I probably wouldn't have done that anyway, but I gave up that. I sacrificed that because I'm waking up at five and I'm going to outwork you and I'm going to take your spot, which is what ended up happening. But it wasn't about the result. It was about the process of, even if I got cut, let's say Coach McGrain, who's been a huge mentor of mine, said, you know what? John got a lot better. He's probably maybe one of the better guys, but he's a senior. He hasn't played before. And I'm going to cut him. I still, like, that's, that's, I'm, I'm, in, I'm still in the position I am now because it's not about me making the team and that big win. It's about me. The win isn't me making the team and be on the list. Obviously, that's what I always attribute it to because that's, you know, I love, like, that's a big part of my life and my story. It's about the fact that I put my all in and I knew the risk of, like, not making it. I did it anyway and I persevered because let's say I get cut. It's not about, I, I, I didn't tell you, imagine if I got cut. Oh my God, imagine if I got cut from the team, what would have happened to me? I would have been fine because the, the groundwork was there. The perseverance, the mindset was there. Sure, would I have ended up coming back and coaching? Probably not. Well, you know, am I blessed to have made the team and to have the opportunities I have now to coach and do all that stuff? Yes, that's a big part of my life and who I am. That's, but at the end of the day, it's up here, that's the difference. Like that's, that's what the basketball gave me. Like I, maybe what, like I think we spoke about hustle before, it's, it's a bulletproof mindset. And not that I have, you know, I'm not going to say that I have one of that, you know, I can't, I like to think that I do. Um, but that's maybe what it gave me the most is I feel like I can tackle anything because if I can make the team, I can make anything. That's my mindset. Like, this isn't too hard. You want me to present, you know, present in front of all these people. You want me to make a show. You want me to do, talk to this person. That's kick. I made the basketball team, man. That's, that's how I feel, honestly. And other people probably go like, 
man, what's the big deal? You made a high school team. Like, big deal. I, 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 I was all city. It's not about the results. It's not about how many points I scored. It's not about that. It's about the process because the process to me means the whole world. The pro- that process, I can close my eyes and flash back to running those sprints and I know what it was like. And I know what it, like, what it was like coming off the train after getting cut. I know what it was like in the, you know, leaving the, leaving the gym, it was pouring and I just got, and I just got cut from the team or whatever kind of rejection I'd felt. I can't expect you to feel that or anyone else to feel that, but I know what that felt like. And to me, it sucked. <laughs> to me, it was really bad. So it's all about that process for me. And I, that took a long time for me to answer that question. Cause you, I mean, it's funny. You, I answered the question the first five seconds and I kept on going. It was a yes or no. It was really like a, a really easy question. Like what, what was that big win? That was an easy question uh, because that list, Man, like I like it was the first big win. You got to find your big win. That's my advice to everyone. Find your big win. If it's it might be in the past, find that big win. Because for me, like you might look at basketball. Right? Like I'm gonna say, someone else. Let's say I didn't have this mindset. I'd be like, okay, I made the team. Big big whoop, right? Oh, I coach freshman basketball. Big deal. Because you know I used to coach the freshman team. I took pride in that man. Like I coached the freshman basketball team at Xavier High School. To someone else, that's like, oh, big deal. He coaches the freshman team. To to me, if I with a different mindset, it's oh, I only coach the freshman team. I just coach this. I'm only this age. To me, I don't care. About, I don't care about age. Like for me, that's why my show's called Gen Z Hoops. I don't give a crap how old you are. If you're good at what you do, you're good at what you do. Like anyone at any age can do anything. That's like without a doubt. So, all those things considered. That's, that's, that is my entire heart being poured out mindset on staying at your peak, finding peak happiness. And if I can help one person find that, I mean, please, I I mean, I can invite anyone listening to the show to reach out to me. I'd love to talk about this more because I love helping people with that because I've helped a few people close to me find that in themselves, not perfectly, but I'm trying to, um, but yeah, that's, that's, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say. That's how, that's how I feel. That's, that's, that's from the heart, man. It's from the heart. Thinking about your journey, your identity has been around basketball, and that's been kind of the focal point that you've been talking about. If you didn't have basketball in your life anymore, what direction would you have gone? How is your college going to change? How is your passions going to change? Think about that and how would have that led if you didn't have basketball in your life? Because we talk, some people, and I've talked to athletes where injuries have taken over their life and they kind of fall away from something. Luckily, you didn't have that. But what happens if you kind of felt one day, I don't want to do this anymore? How would that have changed your path? I love this question. I love this question because I always ask on my podcast at the end of, not every episode, a couple of times, I'll say, you know, we know what COVID, you know, it was like losing basketball with COVID. We saw that for three months. We couldn't play basketball. We couldn't watch basketball. We know what that's like. God forbid, because I don't want to live in this world, but God forbid that happens again. And we lose basketball. You know, basketball is illegal. No more basketball. You you can't play basketball anymore. What would you do? And I get some pretty good guys from my guests. One guest told me he'd be a, he'd be a pastor. I was like, that's pretty cool. He was like, and I kind of, I kind of baited him to that because I told him, Oh, you were the uh, president of the Bible study group in in high school. I saw that like, you know, would you, and he's like, yeah, I would actually, I would be a good pastor. So I've had some cool responses like that for me. Honestly, I love tech. And I think I mentioned this before with video games. Like I, I love tech. I'm not, I never got super into programming and stuff just because I, and I, and I, something I should get into because for basketball, it's like pretty into, you know, for a lot of the jobs I would, some of the jobs I'd want in sports, it's, that's kind of a prerequisite, but not all the, you know, some of them, but I'd go all in on that. I'd go, I, I love Marquez Brownlee went to my former school, Stevens Institute of Technology. He's MKBHD. He's the biggest, he's the biggest in my, he's also the best, not even, I don't think it's my opinion. That's just fact. Uh, YouTube review person on the planet. Like he's just incredible. 
And I watch all of his videos, even the ones on like Samsungs that I don't give a crap. I don't have a Samsung. I have an iPhone, like, <laughs> like a normal human being. I'm sorry, if you have an iPhone, if you have an Android, I'm sorry. And I don't mean to offend the Android users. I have some great friends that are Android users, but come on. When, it, when, it, when the text comes through green, it's not the same. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Anyways, but going, but going back to tech stuff, because um, that's something I'm really passionate about. Um, yeah, I just like, that's something I always want to get into more. And basketball, I mean, it's, I, I've intertwined the two because one thing I'm super passionate about, and I, I always, it's a huge pride point for me, is my second year coaching. I was the, it was the first time ever we had a single freshman game recorded, let alone the whole season. I did the whole season. Every single game from, my, from that season, my sophomore year coaching the, you know, my, of the freshman team, the entire freshman season's on YouTube. Um, the entire, I made a mixtape for them. The parents loved it. Like, that's my passions intertwining of tech and basketball. Now, to me, it was a big deal because I've never, like, like, varsity gets the film. They get film review. They get all that stuff. Freshmen was just like, oh, okay, freshmen are playing, whatever. No one cares about freshmen. I was like, nah, this is my team. I'm not going to, it's not just freshmen. It's my team. I'm going all in. I'm t- bringing my iPad everywhere. I'm having a manager. They're going to record the whole game. They're going to go back and forth. I did lineup data. I did all this stuff because I put all this work in and this passion. Everyone kind of thinks analytics are my thing. And they, like, I like analytics. Like, I'm, I, I like to understand them. I'm not an analytics freak, whether it's basketball or just in general. If it wasn't, if there was no basketball, I'd become an analytics freak. I think, I think I'd become like a nerd with that. Even though I was never, you know, the best at school or the best at math and stuff like that, I would have adjusted myself to become, cause I, I like being account, you know, counted upon or being smart and stuff like that. It's funny. I make this joke all the time. People just assume I'm smart. I didn't get the best grades in high school. Everyone kind of assumes it's funny. Like my head varsity coach the other day, he's like, Oh, we gotta help this kid with this class. You know, I need you, I might need you to tutor him. Like John, you know, you can handle, you know, you were a genius in high school in math. I'm like, no, I was kind of a B student. Like, I, I didn't say this. I'm like, oh, I was kind of a B student. I don't know about that. Like my head varsity coach, and I, I love Coach McGrain. If he's, I mean, if, he, if he's listening, I really appreciate it. He, he listens to a lot of my sh- the shows I do. But um, he kind of just assumes I was going to be running for valedictorian, and I, I just wasn't. Like he just <laughs> assumes I was like a top five guy at Xavier. And I was like, that's just not even true. Um, so I'm like, it's funny. Like, the fact that I can give off that impression of being smart, I think is almost more valuable than actually being smart. The fact that like I can pursue these passions and it's not like, you know, being sneaky or anything. It's just like, I am so passionate about things. That you just assume that I know everything there is to know about it. Like, that's pretty cool to me. Um, and I kind of like, that's, yeah, I, I, it would be, it would be tech stuff. It'd be anything tech related. I, I'm just fascinated by tech, anything like I, I, I my workflow, like I, I'm just an organizational frequent. Yeah. I mean, if you look at my room, like this looks very messy, but my floors are spotless. Like my shelves are clear, like the, the jerseys are a little wild. I'm not gonna lie. I use every ounce of wall space, but like the rest of my room is like very, everything's in the same place. Like the, the clothes, t-shirts go in the same spot every time. Like I have a closet full of socks for all my guests. I gotta get you a pair of socks, by the way, put your face on them. I do, I do that for all my guests. Um, but everything's in the same spot. I'm an organizational freak. So anything with text, text the same every time. I love that. I love how it's the same every time. Coaching, at the same, it's kind of interesting. I like how everything's different. I like how it's not cookie cutter. I like how every kid is different. Yeah. Uh, but with tech, I love how it's always the same. And yeah, if it wasn't for, if basketballs everywhere got deflated overnight and there was no more basketball, I'd have to get into something tech related and pursue passions that way. Because one thing I love, so this jersey right here, uh, signed Kevin Durant jersey from Bourbon University. What I loved about that company is they brought tech in with like, it's like new social media, all this cool stuff, everything new Gen Z. That's kind of what I'm about in with basketball. Awesome. Like that to me is incredible. MSG, you know, one of the best companies in the world, you know, the world's famous, most famous arena, the tech that they're, I mean, sure. They gave me a really bad laptop. 
Uh, I'm using my Mac. Like I tell you, they gave me this like old, like 2010 windows. It opened up, like you hear the dun, dun, you hear like the big loud noise. It's like, oh my God. Like the keys are like super thick. The laptop's like, oh my God. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, an encyclopedia. Now that, 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 that laptop's under my, my, my dresser until I have to give it back in April. I'm not using that thing. I'm using my laptop. But outside of that, they're on the cutting edge of everything. I went to Stevens Institute of Technology because, and it's funny, you mentioned like people getting injured or cut. Like I got cut for my height, for my, for my uh, college basketball team. I, I went to Stevens for, and you said like, how does that change your decisions in life? I went there for the sole purpose of playing basketball. I had never played. I, I never, like I started one game in high school because it was senior night. Like I, I didn't play high school basketball, like, you know, in terms of like for a college scout to see me, I didn't play at a, a serious, you know, at a serious level or for a serious amount of time. And I didn't play AU. But I was like, you know what? I want to play. Like, I worked super hard in Xavier. I'm going to work super hard in college. I'm going to make a college basketball team. That was my whole thing. I was thinking about coaching. I was thinking about business. I was thinking strictly about playing at the next level. Because I was like, you know what? I did it in high school. I'm going to do it again. I got cut after really to this. I mean, I knew why I got cut in high school. In college, I had guys on the team that had made it. I'm sorry, not that I made it. That were older telling me, this is how you can get playing time. Not how you can make it. Like, John, you're going to make it. This is how you get playing time. And then the coach turned around and kept all of his main guys and the guys he recruited, even though it was D three and little salty. Maybe, I mean, maybe I'll send it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of a little more mature now when I, when I got cut, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to send him a letter in 20 years from the offices of the NBA saying, thank you. Nah, I'm a little more mature now. I'm a little more, I don't have that kind of hate in my heart. I'm a little better now, but right after I got cut, I was upset for like, you know, an hour or two. I got a call from my varsity coach reminding me that like, Hey, you can still coach here. And I was like, wait, Oh yeah, he did. I, he did mention that to me a few months. Oh my God, this is awesome. Like I was so happy, like, you know, like a, like a buoy right back up, yep. right back up to peak happiness. So that's what it's all about. It's finding those things, getting yourself out of that rut. And yeah, to answer your question, finally, um, it's something, the intersection of tech and basketball gets me excited. If basketball has gone, I'll still have tech. What, what college degree are you going for? So or we're going for great question. So if my mom's listening to this, I try very hard in school. I'm at Baruch college Dickens school of business as a senior. I'm taking classes geared towards a degree in operations management now, if my mom hopefully stopped listening at this point, I'll tell you how, uh, like, <laughs> school's never, school's been tough to juggle with everything. I still do very, I still pass my class. I still do very, I, I still try to do very well. I'm always the guy that does the presentations in group projects. So when everyone else is like freaking out, like, oh, I don't want to speak in public. I'm scared. Like, you know, it's kind of, I mean, you've maybe, maybe seen it or on Zooms, people be like, oh, who wants to take this responsibility? Like, for example, in class, like, who wants to present? And you hear crickets. No one wants to present. And I'm like, I'll do it. Like, and I'm like, if anyone wants to you know, you know, see what I've done, like I've done 300 episodes. Like I, I'm, I'm more than fine talking and I'll just go in front of the class and I'll present on whatever it is. And the whole class loves it. Cause everyone before is afraid to present. And they come up like, hi, I'm from this group. And we did our project and this is what we did. And they're reading off the slide. And I go up there and I literally do the first, the first I did this recently. It was, it was the day of the Knicks season opener, Wednesday, October 20th. Great day. Great day in, in, in New York basketball. <laughs> and I was actually in my Knicks jacket because I'd come from work and I was going to go. So I, I finished work at five, went over to my class at 5.50. I was going back for 7.30 tip-off, like, right? Class ended at like 7.05. I want to get there early. I had people coming with me. So I kind of like, so what I did was my, my group was presenting fifth out of 12, uh, five out of 12. We were the fifth group to present. Four groups go up, everyone quiet, up to the mic, not making eye contact with the group. I go up there. I'm like, how's everybody doing today? And everyone jumped out of their seats. And everyone was like shook because before that, everyone was super quiet. I'm like bringing the energy. And everyone before that was like staying at the podium with the microphone and the microphone can't move. So everyone was like sitting there like holding the microphone. 
And I literally look at it. I, I literally go like, okay, I don't need this microphone. I'm just going to, and, and I walk away from the microphone to the middle of the room, like in the middle of the big, of the presenting table. And I'm like, can everyone hear me in the back? Can you hear me over there? And they're like, yeah, we can hear you. I'm like, good. I'll just project my voice. We don't need the microphone. And I went off and I just did a, my, my whole presentation. And when I finished, I had to, it was like 6.30. I wanted to get there by seven so I could make sure I, I got to my seats in time. Um, I finished, I got my bag, I, I got out of there. A couple of people followed me out to be like, oh, like, how'd you do that? Like, can we, you know, and like I told them my sports business club and they signed up, um, which is cool. But like, that's the energy. I mean, I want to, I, I want to bring smiles to people's faces and bring that energy because I could easily go up there and I could have, my group probably would have, like, I would have still done a good job if I went up there and was like, yeah, this is what we did. But I went up there and I made a point to just be like super energetic because that's, and it's like, that's just who I am. And I'm not going to bottle that up for anybody. Like, I'm going to let that out. Um, sometimes I talk too fast and that's a problem. I want people to understand me too, but at the end of the day, like, I hope people know that that's just, that's just, that's, that's all flown from here. I'm not, I'm not like thinking about what I have to say and like making sure I'm very technical and hiding stuff and not, I'm an open book. People want to, I mean, you're asking me questions now, but like, if people want to ask me questions, I'll answer them. I have no problem. Like I'm not going to hide anything because I love what I'm doing. I love talking about it. And I love helping other people chase their dreams or do something similar to what I'm doing. I love it. I mean, I was the same way. I was always doing the presentations just because I think I have that energy. And I remember one of my classes, I did a whole presentation on the sport curling. No one knew anything about it, but I was able to convince people to actually go and watch it because I think it was the time of the Winter Olympics. And people came back and they were talking about it. And it's just, it's all about the confidence. Like you could talk about anything but if your energy is up there your confidence there you can make people believe anything that you're saying is true a hundred percent it's all about the presentation i I, one thing oh the book was literally right on my like okay i normally my my things are clear the one book i'm reading now is called nlp i don't remember the whole it's a long title basically it's called about neuro-linguistic programming something i'm very passionate about right now is it's always getting one percent better and little little hacks to be a little bit better language is so important. Maybe I go too fast and that might be a detriment to me. And maybe I'll get better at it as I go on to like kind of still be energetic. That's a, that's a skill to be energetic while also like talk slow and like controlled. I'm not there yet. I'm just loose cannon, but this book is about, for example, one of the most famous examples is with the word just. So instead of me saying, Hey, Alex, can you just go get me that? Can you just go throw this out for me? right? That kind of belittles what you're doing. It's like, okay, you're just a garbage boy now. Like, what, no one wants to be that. Hey, Alex, can you please, like, can you, I'm really tied up right now. Can you please go throw this out for me? I'd really appreciate it. That's a lot better, right? Mm-hmm. For example, I mean, I, we were both on, we were both on time for this podcast and you know, I, it's important to be punctual, but let's say, for example, I was late, right? If I came to the show at 8.05, when I should, we should have started at eight and I said, Hey, Alex, sorry for being late. Now we both are in a bad spot. We're like, I'm, you know, in terms of apologizing, like I feel bad because like I'm late and you feel bad because like we're late now, like we started off, like it's just awkward. If I say, thank you so much for waiting for me, I'm thanking you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like now you feel better. Like, not, we're still late. Like it's still not, it's still not hundred percent good. But at the end of the day, like you feel a little bit better. Cause like, okay. Like, you know, he thanked me. Like, like, it's just, it's just those words. Like it just, it's not even like a, it's just like a, a it's like a, you're not even thinking about it. It just kind of happens. It's just natural. You just automatically in terms of like the, whether it's like the, I don't know. It's like the, what are like the, I'm not a bio major, whatever, like the, <laughs> whatever, whatever the, the, the hormones are that go off in your head, whatever goes off, you feel better. So that's something I'm very passionate about. It's just, or sorry. Like I'm, those are words I, I would hope if we do a transcription of this show, I never said just or sorry. 
because like those are words that are negative and have a negative connotation to them no matter what. And if you replace them with please and thank you, you're fine. You're chilling. Like you're like, you will be okay. Um, so that's something I've been very passionate about actually is, is making sure the language I say is okay, because those little cues change everything. The way you present something completely flips the script on what you're saying. Out of all the guests you've had on your show, all the episodes you recorded, what's the biggest thing that's been rewarding about the experience of you doing your show? Wow. Okay. I thought you were about asking me. That's why I went like, because everyone asks me, who's your favorite guest? And I love that question because I love talking about my great guests, but I hate that question because they're all like my children. Obviously not. Like, you know, you mean if everyone can pick your favorite child, obviously they're my children. Most 99% of them are older than me. But at the same, <laughs> that's again, the same for me. <laughs> yeah, like all my guests are older than me. I mean, I, I, I have a couple of great guests like Sahil, who's 16 and he's uh, with the G League team. I always shout him out because I think he's a beast. I think he's gonna be very successful. Um, a lot of other guests that are, you know, maybe my age, a year younger, a year older. But most of my guests are like, you know, a little bit more established, 25, 26, whatever. Um, and man, everyone always asks me to pick a favorite. I'm like, come on, like, that's so hard. Like, ask me, about, I, like, you, okay, so can you remind me of your question? You said, which one did you learn the most from? Or Out of all your guests you've okay. had, all the episodes you recorded, what's the most rewarding thing you have gotten out of doing your show? Legitimate relationships. And that's a broad answer, but I'm going to explain why. There's some guests that we haven't spoken, you know, like, you know, they're busy. We haven't spoken too much. Like it happens, you know, there's a lot of guests to keep, you know, like I, I have a spreadsheet. People might think I'm crazy. I mean, you might have one too. I have a spreadsheet with one, you know, not, but some of the ones that I'm really close with, I don't have to keep track of when I hit them up and stuff or when I talk to them. But for some, if I haven't reached out to someone like a year, that's probably, you know, it's pretty bad. I should, you know, there should be a reason for me to follow up with them at some point. One thing about following up is I always try to provide value. So I'm never going to ask someone for a favor. Like, like, I, like I, I'm very careful with that because I think that that's, people overdo it a lot. A lot of people ask me for, for like, if they ask me for a favor, that's a little different. Cause like, I'm always trying to help them and I'm in the position to always be helping someone, but they're there. They're, they're at that level. They're, they're super busy. They have these full jobs. They have all this pressure being on an NBA team and stuff. Like they don't have time for me to say like, Hey, can you hook me up with a media pass for your game? Like whatever. No, instead I'm going to text them with like, Hey, I'll be there. You know, if I could see you great, if not, no pressure, like we'd love to you know see you if, if possible. Literally just, I did that just now with a guest for, for this coming Sunday. Um, like before, before we got on the show, I text, I, I saw they got out of practice. I saw like the snap, the story post, and like, bam, hitting them up. See you on Sunday at the game. Maybe I do see them. Maybe I don't. I'd like to see, you know, if I asked, if I pushed and maybe I said, Hey, can you have a media pass? Maybe they'd do it, but they do it. Like, Oh, this guy needs a favor again. Like I, I don't like doing that. I don't like asking for favors, but when I say real genuine relationships, I like to always be able to help someone something like, Hey, you know, I watch, you know, do you need a scouting report for this? I can help you with that. So a lot of times they say, oh, we're good. Don't worry. Sometimes they need help and I help them uh, with, with the real relationships. Oh man, I love this story. Greg Buckner, who is, you know, he's the Cavs. Go- yeah, he, uh, he, the Cavs are coming in on Sunday. Um, he posted on his Instagram story that he was doing a basketball camp in Kentucky. I saw that. I'm like, you know what? Like I'm free that weekend. I can volunteer and help out. Right. That's providing him value. So I texted him. I said, Hey, coach Buck, saw your post on, on Instagram. Um, would love to help out if you need me. I'm here. Always here. So, you know, feel free to reach out. He calls me right up and goes, John, you know, you're free this, that get a flight. I'll take care of you when you're here. Just po- we'll just come down. We'd love to have you. You can do your show here. Whatever. He's like, give me the whole land- landscape. I did other stuff like that for other people and guests or people that I knew. And he was just so welcoming because he liked what I, he didn't just do it because like, I mean, he could have, he could have brought me and I was some kid from New York that had him on a podcast. Like he doesn't owe me anything. I came to his camp. He could have told me to do the stations and leave. What did he do though? I, t- I love this story and I'll tell it for forever. I don't know if he's ever heard me tell the story. Cause I don't know if he listens to the shows I do or I do. Where I tell the story. Basically 
I'm in, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kid from New York in, in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, right? Like literally the middle, like, and I don't mean to disrespect Coach Greg Buckner's hometown, but the middle of nowhere. There's like no, like my hotel, like the, ne- the nearest thing was like a mile away. So 1.7 miles away, there was a Panera Bread, which was the only brand, I don't know if there's Panera Breads or you are, the only Panera Bread, sorry, the only chain restaurant or the only restaurant I recognized. Everything else was like a, a Kentucky brand. No idea what it was. You know what? I'm going to Panera Bread. So do I have a car? No, I'm in Kentucky. I don't have a car. So I woke up at seven, you know, prior to uh, the camp started at nine o'clock. I wanted some time. So I woke up at six, six thirty. I forget what time and started walking over for, for to get my Panera Bread. I had my laptop in my hand. I'm walking, you know, I have my backpack. I'm walking through the streets of Kentucky in June to get to this Panera Bread. And all of a sudden I hear a car honking really loud, turn around. It's this big, huge, he drives a pretty big truck. And it's Coach Buckner. He opens up the, he opens up the passenger door and he goes, John, what the hell are you doing out here at seven o'clock in the day in the morning? <laughs> Coach, he, Coach Buckner curses a lot, but I'm going to leave that out there. But he curses a lot. So he says a couple of experts. I'm like, what the f- are you doing out here at seven o'clock in the morning? I go, well, Coach, I was walking over Panera to get something to eat. Like, you know, it was pretty early. I want to get some work done. I have my laptop. He goes, get your ass in the car. We're going to, we're going to Chick-fil-A. Because he was going to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> he was going to Chick-fil-A to get uh, like a hundred boxes of Chick-fil-A for the camp, right? Whatever. He's going to pick up for the camp. He could have easily, easily driven by me. This is the second day of camp. I just met him. He doesn't owe me anything. He could just be like, what the hell is this kid? Like, like, as he's driving, right? And for those that are, listen- that are listening, I'm, I'm looking back. Like, what the hell is this kid doing on the side of the road, man? This kid's crazy. Like, he could have easily, and I would never have known. I didn't know what to call I wouldn't have known. I would have just been walking. I would have done my lunch. Same thing. I would have still worked hard that day at camp, whatever. But he stopped, led me to his car, took me, got me food, and asked me, you know, what are you trying to do? Like, and that's, it's a real, number one, a good person, but a genuine relationship. Cause that's, you know, he, I, he didn't just like, like me because of what I could do for him or what I could do for the camp. He liked me because of, you know, my, my personality and he likes, you know, that working about, he likes my vibe. And that's the biggest thing is like relationships like that. So there are people I met at summer league, some guests that maybe gave me the cold shoulder. Maybe they didn't want to talk to me too much. Maybe I'm weird. Maybe I'm weird. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not, I'm kind of weird. I'm a weird dude. I'm, I'm very like, you know, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not afraid to be myself. And you know, some people might be, that might be weird to people because normal is, you know, fitting in and I don't fit in very well because I don't want to fit in because I want to be myself. Some people don't have that and don't want to be that. So they, you know, fit in and they might be, you know, might hide a little bit. I'm, I'm myself. I'm not holding any punches. I'm who I am. So if that's weird and it makes two or three guests not like me and they're like, okay, this kid, John, is a freak, man. This guy that had me on his show, man, this guy's a weirdo. Okay. That's, that's their prerogative. To, okay, that's that's fine. I don't I don't I don't really care. That's I wasn't gonna be friends with them anyway because if I had to lie or be someone different to make them like me, wouldn't have worked out. Wasn't gonna work out anyway. People like Greg Buckner who like me for who I am. Those are the people I like to lie myself with. Nick Lages is another one of those people. Albert Hall is uh, someone. He's the co-founder of NBA Summer League. He literally. I, so I always I'll show this to the camera. You're gonna get a pair of this too. I make socks. My, well, my friend does. He, my friend Brendan Agronoff owns a company called Hoopswag. He makes customized socks with people's faces on them. So this is my animated face on a pair of Gen Z hoop socks. I got to get you a pair. Even when I see you in person, I'll, I'll ship them to you. But I do them for all my guests. I can even hook you up with Brennan. He can do your show stuff. Uh, but it's gr- the best networking tool ever because you give someone a pair of socks, they'll never forget you. Like, they're, like they'll never forget you. So there's a couple, like the, Tommy Shepard, an NBA GM. He might, I, I would hope he didn't throw them out. But worst case scenario, let's say he never wears them. He has my socks in his sock drawer. And every morning when he goes to get his black socks, he sees my socks and he thinks of me. That's what matters. So that's my whole sock. And that's me. It might be a little weird. Some of the guy that gives out socks. That's kind of weird, right? I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm normal because I'd be lying to you if I said I was 100% normal because there's something wrong with me. I'm not, I'm not saying there isn't. But at the end of the day, that's 
my, that's, that's, that's from here, man. It's all from the heart. So Greg Buckner recognized that. Nick Lages recognized that. Albert Hall recognized that. And Greg Buckner gave me an opportunity to coach at his basketball camp. Nick Lages has been a huge mentor to me. He literally has the exact, he's doing exactly what I want to do. So he has been, so he responds to me like super fast and gives me all this great advice and has been so helpful. And then Albert Hall, he is, uh, he got me a no trade clause to help them with their podcast because they've been, they were doing a podcast. They did nine episodes in a year. And they're like, you know what? We need someone that can make content. And I was like, hey, like I've done one every day for the like, you know, I've done, I do seven in a week, like let alone seven in a year. So like, I'll help you guys. He recognized that he got me on board and now I'm helping them with that. And he's coming to New York in a few days. It's funny when I hear this episode, when this goes out, it'll be like months ago. So who knows where this relationship will go by then. But at the time, but right now it's three days from now um, and he's coming to New York city and I'm helping him do a production shoot. I met him literally through two and a half months ago at some for the first time. And now when he's coming to New York, he's like, you know what? I'm going to call John because John's in New York. He's good with tech stuff. He can only produce this show. Like that's number one. That's obviously me being able to provide value, which is important. But number two, like he, if he, if he didn't like me as a person, if he thought I was, you know, whether it's weird or like, whether it's like, whether he thought I was like a bad dude slash like full, well, full of myself or, you know, I wasn't easy to get along with or people didn't like me because I was kind of you know, standoffish. He wouldn't reach out to me. He'd get someone else that maybe, you know, he had to, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, you have to find someone else or pay someone else or whatever. He reached out to me because of the way I carry myself and that's never going to change. So real relationships like that. I know I mentioned Greg Buckner, Nick Lages, Albert Hall. There's so many others that I've been able to, you can just say like, well, you know, whatever, you know, what is it, what has come out of it? It's a real relationship that I've developed that with Rick Mahorn. I went to his camp as a, as a high school senior. Um, he's one of the, he's a, an NBA legend. He's played for 18 years, a really long time. Funniest guy, you know, he's, I always tell people, and when people say, oh, who's your best friend? Who's the one person you want to be stuck in a, in it for an, uh, waiting for a, at, at the airport with? My answer, even though it's not my best friend, is Rick Mahorn because I was stuck in an airport with him in Michigan. We were going back and he went, he made, we were stuck for a few hours and he was making me laugh. I was crying laughing like the whole time. The whole, it was so enjoyable. That was like the best de- airport, uh, airport delay in the world. So like, that's a real relationship right there. Like, it's not, he's not coming to my show for views to get his book out. I'm not talking to him because he's an NBA player. I'm talking to him because he's cool. Like, cause I like him, you know, cause he's, he's, he's a, he's a mentor to me, vice versa. Um, so there's a lot of people like that, man, I'm, I'm missing out so many people that have been helpful to me. There's people that people don't even know, like my, like James Presturis, who's uh, he got, he took me to Greece all these years and he's been my mentor coach, Joe McGrain, my coach at Xavier, so I mean, I could go down the list. There's people that I'm leaving out and I feel bad, but I can't rattle off 300 names right now. So I'm not going to do that. But so many people that have been helpful to me that have really genuinely tried to help me or let me help them and genuinely been, been my friend. A lot of my best friends right now are from Zoom. Like that's not normal. Like my friend Nima, who works for the G League, we met in January on Zoom through a LinkedIn job posting I made. And I realized like, okay, you're not going to work for me as a, as a, as a, as an editor. Like you're my boy now. Like we're, we're, we're friends now. And we've been friends. We've gone to, the, we went to summer league together. We've gone to NBA games together. He's come to Nick games with me. Um, vice versa. Like, like we've helped each other out. We've been become friends. We've gone out to lunch. Like, because we're at, cause we like, it's more than just basketball or, you know, we actually like each other. We're friends. Like that's, what's come out of my show. It's better than the views. It's better than the jobs that come out of my show. It's the people that I can actually look at as friends that before this were just a connection on LinkedIn. I can relate to what you just said, and I always view it as international networking because without the show or, well, during the show, I've connected with people all over the world and have guests from every single continent. And 
it's just amazing how the power of what we do as podcasters has created that opportunity for us. And you meet these people like the first time we've ever talked in, well, in person, but is through this show. And we kind of can relate to each other just from two different experience, two different places in the United States. But you, after this, you kind of learn so much that you want to continue that. And all my guests, I have seen that where we continue to network, we continue to learn about each other. And I think that's the best part about it. And I think it's the greatest thing that the show has offered me is because without it, I don't know if I would ever experience this. I think the pandemic did something great for me in this way. Obviously it didn't do a lot of great, but it's given me a tool and an opportunity to do something that I dreamed about doing when I was younger as being a game show host, but a host. And now I'm hosting something on my own. So when you're talking about all those guests and how much of an impact it's had on your life, it shows that the future is bright for you and you have so much to offer. And these people see how much you have to offer, even if it's the small things that still makes a huge difference in their lives. I I mean, one thing I want to agree on really hard is that COVID was a blessing in disguise. I hate saying that because people, you know, obviously it was a traumatic thing for some people and some people yeah. weren't as lucky as I was. But for me, it's all about the response, right? Some people had a worse situation so they couldn't respond the way I did. But for me, like I, a lot of my friends could have responded the way in terms of like with, with positivity. Everyone was so excited when, COVID, when it first happened because we got two weeks off from school, right? It ended up being a lot more than two weeks. But that being said, it quickly went from being excited to like, oh, and I wish I was at school with my friends. Like, you know, to me, it's like, not, not, it's not pick one, but more so like, like there's, like, you can't just be old, you can't just be upset all the time. You, you yeah. have to find the silver lining and everything. For me, the silver lining was like, and like, not to say like, obviously not saying it was a positive experience. Like obviously COVID was not good for anyone involved. But for me, I found the silver lining of this show or these friends. Because to be honest with you, if I don't start this show, which probably wouldn't have happened without COVID, number one, my career is very different. The trajectory is very different. But also the people I meet, changes like completely i mean everything that's why i live life with no regrets in the sense of like i like people ask me all the time would you have rather made the team earlier would you rather like gone back in time and have been a better you know let's say you started playing basketball instead of at 12 you started at, at seven you would have been better you would have made the team you would have you know played more my answer is always no like always no because my entire life like, up to this point my life's been awesome i've lived some i've had some great experiences i've learned a lot of great lessons i've you know i'm very happy with my life why the hell would i change that yep why would I change it? I wouldn't change a thing, literally a thing. Like, sure. You know, people, oh, I wish I got a better grade on that test. So, you know, this and that, like, that happens all the time. I wish we won this game. Yeah, that happens. But at the end of the day, like I would not trade the experiences or learn, like either you win or you learn. That's everything. So with COVID, there's not really a lot of opportunity to win, right? No one really could win. I was a, a, a specific circumstance where I, you know, this show was maybe a win from my life or my career, maybe, but Everyone can learn from something or adapt or be better or at least take some positive. Either I would say win or be positive about losing. Maybe that's, a, I don't know. If I, am, I, am I making up like new quotes or something? Maybe. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. But that's like just on the fly. I'm just, like these are coming out of my head. But literally, like that's, I feel like everyone's just so negative. Like I'm, I'm never going to pout and moat. That's not, that's not, that's not who I am. It's not going to be me. So that is, I think, very important. And being able to look at something negative in a positive light, obviously. I, I can say, I want, to, I want to make sure I'm clear about this. COVID was not a positive thing in any way for anyone, but looking at it in a positive light is super important. 
The final question I'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals and rise to the challenge? Oh man, this is good. I can't just say stay at your peak or something like that because I just already said that and I can't like those are my recyclable things. Hmm, how do you rise to the challenge? Man, this is good. Ah, there's so many, there's so many things I can say. I'm trying to pick one that like sounds really good, like to give you like a one-liner that's like, this is the one. I don't really have a one-liner. What I would say is find what you're good at and never, ever, ever stop chasing that. For me, what I was good at wasn't basketball. It was loving basketball, right? I was never good. I'm not, I'm not good at anything. I'm not, I'm not like great at any one thing. I'm not the best in the world at anything. Very few people are the best in the world at something. <laughs> like, do I think I'm pretty good at video editing? Yeah, you know, I had a lot of, you know, I, I think I can do some pretty good stuff in videos. Do I think I'm pretty good at basketball? Like, yeah, I was able to dunk, you know, and I, by the time I was a senior, I have some good, you know, vi- highlights. Like, sure, I was good at basketball. In my head, in a little bit. Was I, am I, am I a good coach? I'd like to think maybe I'm a good communicator with kids. Like, I, they, the kids respect me and they, and they like me and they like my vibe and I can connect with them in a way that other people can't. So, sure, I'm good at some things. I'm not great. I'm not the best at anything. What I think I'm, and I would say, what I, what I would challenge people, find what you're world-class at. What I'm world-class at, what I think I'm the best at, or like, you know, I, I can't, you know, I can't get better at it is loving basketball. I cannot get better at that. If someone can say, John, you can better, you know, challenge me to get better. I don't know if I can. Like, I love this thing with every ounce of my being. Like, can I get better as a coach? Yes. Basketball? Yes. Production? Yes. With my show, can my show get better? Of course. But right? all these skills can get better. But the love for the game, I, I hit the ceiling. I'm sorry. I hit the ceiling. So, you have to find what that is. I mean, the first step is not just to find it and then hit that and then like smash that ceiling, hit that ceiling heart, full head because that's what I'm best at is loving basketball. You can be the best at loving something too. Cause I'm probably like, there's other people like me. I'm not, I'm not going to see him say I'm a one of one. There's other people that love basketball as much as I do that love it with every ounce of their being that they're, they're a scout or they're this and they love the game. There's other, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not special for that. But to me, like, that's my thing. That's like, I'm like, maybe I'm tied for first a lot of people, but I'm there, right? Like that's my, I'm the best at that. I'm, I'm world-class at that. Find what you're world-class at. It might not be a skill. It might be, you know, a passion for that skill. And you will eventually become world-class at that. Like, I believe, hopefully, that if I keep on having the same mentality, I'll be world-class at managing a basketball team because I'll, because I'll get so many reps and I'll do it so much. Or maybe if I want to become a broadcaster because I actually like this stuff and I learn how to slow down finally and, you know, find my voice then maybe that's what I do. And I become a world-class broadcaster. Am I a world-class broadcaster now? Hell no. Am I world-class at anything right now at this stage of 21? Only one thing. And that's loving basketball. And I, I challenge any young person to find what they're best at and be the best at loving that thing. That's, that's my advice. Find what it is. And you will, you will eventually be able to rise to any challenge. I'll, I'll use your moniker for this. You'll rise to any challenge if you love something with all your heart. And it's, it's a cliche, right? Do, you know, follow your dreams like with, with college right it's like know what you want to do not i'm blessed to know that i want to work in basketball even then i don't know exactly what i want to do in basketball for people to expect an 18 year old or even then a 16 year old because you're really a junior or sophomore and people are asking to make college decisions to know what they want to do is absolutely asinine it's absolutely ridiculous at that age i didn't even know like i didn't even make the bas- I didn't know what i wanted to do i said i was like oh business all oh, this like no direction whatsoever i made a bad college decision because I wasn't informed and, and, and there's so much pressure to like, you know, pick, pick your future. Like you can't do that. I'm blessed to now 21. I know what, I know it's basketball now, exactly what in basketball, that's still a little murky. I'll find that out as I get more experiences, but I, I, the compass is pointing in a direction. I just got to follow it. 
I don't know where the direct destination is, but the com- I have the compass. I know, I know where I'm pointing towards. And I'm sprinting towards. I'm in a freaking Ferrari driving towards that thing. Like, number one, you got to ha- have the compass and find what it is. But once you find that f- freaking go Ferrari, Elon Musk, rocket ship, I'm going, I'm pointing this way. Maybe it's this way for you. For me, it's, it's to the right. Maybe it's, the left. maybe it's behind you. I don't know. Like you got to go back. I mean, it's a cool spiritual thing. You got to go back and find yourself and, and go back to go forward. I'm not going, I'm going there. I'm going full speed ahead that direction, a million miles an hour. As long as you do that, I'm not, I might not be the best at that thing or that destination, but I'm the best at going really fast at it and really, and just freaking seatbelt on like turbo. That's me. And that's what, that's the best advice I can give to anyone. If you want to rise to the challenge, do that. Well, John, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we're excited to see what the future looks like for you. I, this was so much fun. I'm getting text. My mom, like when I first said dinner, I was getting ready. My mom is blowing on my phone saying, get, get down here. Like dinner's going to get cold. And I'm, I, I was like, mom, this is going great. Like, I don't know if you can hear it. She, she knows. She knows when a, when, a, when a show's going good and when it's going great. Like, this is going great. This was an awesome episode. I really want to thank you for having me on and really appreciate you for what you do because, or what, what maybe what we do as like content creators is something that really gets me fired up because it's very easy to consume content on a daily basis, but to have created and to share that vision with other people is really special. So what you're doing with your show now, while I might be the first basketball guest, I'm, it's a privilege to be the first basketball guest. I got to start listening to your show more, even though it's not basketball related. Cause what I said, what did I said to you before, before we got on the show, if it brings me, if it uh, strengthens my career in basketball uh, is my family or gives me positivity, I will listen, care, watch, whatever it is. Your show brings me positivity. Your, your questions, your vibe, your persona gives me positivity. I'm tuning in. Every, other people should tune in too. Thank you so much, Alex. Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow, subscribe on all major audio platforms and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to see the full-length episode in video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.